Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, X-Zone Radio TV. For more information on the X-Zone Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.xzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Welcome, welcome, uh, welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. And I'm going to tell you a story uh, told to me recently by my friend Frank Paschuti, a psychologist in town who is interested in parapsychology as well as regular psychology. Frank uh, is interested in past lives, experiences his own past lives, and helps others experience theirs. He decided he wanted to uh, make contact to the disembodied mind of Carl Jung, using methods suggested in his Rosicrucian monthly study materials. In his meditation, he uttered sounds, including OM, intended to resonate with the target of his intention. Five days later, he talked with his cousin, who had read Frank's new book about spiritual emergencies, in the book, his cousin mentioned that Frank had made many references to Jung. And so they started talking about Jung. And they talked about Jung's book, Psyche and Symbol, which each of them had read about 45 years ago, and how each of them found it too dense and unfathomable at first. But a number of years later, after much reading, they each picked it up again and was much more understandable. They both had had the same experience with that book, but only 45 years later were they telling each other about it. So that was a contact with Jung. Two days later, Frank's office mate, Russ, called him into his office and 
they are both in private practice in psychotherapy in the same small building. And Russ said, hey, Frank, you're into Jung, aren't you? And Frank said, yes. And Russ said, well, one of my clients gave me an autographed picture of Jung, autographed by Jung, and asked Frank if he wanted it. And Frank said, of course. And now that drawing, that now that photograph is in Frank's office. Now, how did that happen? Well, we'll discuss that with my guest today, who is Mari Marietta Pelevanova, who is a junior researcher in the Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia. Marietta's work at the division focuses on near-death experiences, children reporting past life, life memories, as well as other unusual experiences. She holds a PhD in experimental psychology from the University of Pennsylvania and a bachelor's degree in statistics from American University. That's a great combination, statistics, parapsychology. Prior to her academic work, she pursued a career as a statistician in medical research. In addition to her academic interest in human consciousness phenomena, Marietta is also interested in personal exploration, including active experiences at places like the Monroe Institute, which is just south of Charlottesville. Marietta, welcome Hi, to the Bonnie. show. Well, I'm glad to finally get you on this thing, you know? I'm it's glad we're making it happen. Yeah, it was great talking with you about probability in your office. That was such a great lesson in Bayesian statistics that you gave me. And I hope maybe we'll be able to talk a little bit more about that today, too. But what do you think about Frank's, about Frank's uh, story? Um, for your audience here, I'll say that I do know Frank, uh, Frank Prosciutti through the um, a Division of Perceptual Studies. So... Um, I think that story is fascinating, um, and in general, my opinion on synchronicities is that they have a highly uh, personalized meaning to the person. So, I think um, Frank, I think this occurrence of the several several coincidences discussing the book with his cousin, and also importantly getting that autograph. Uh, photo was pretty amazing and it's really hard to you know say how did that happen and how unlikely how exactly how unlikely is it but it's clear that it had a uh, great personal significance to Frank and it was in direct response to a plea that he had made um, I think even without getting into the probabilities we can you know we intuitively know that the likelihood of especially him getting the autograph picture out of the blue was was pretty low but again more importantly it had great personal significance for him the personal significance probably was that it confirmed his ability to somehow attract to himself the yes. Jungian idea I, th I think that's yes yeah and like I said it was it was even more meaningful that it was in response to this quest that he was on with a specific intention to connect. Yeah, that specific intention. What do you think about intention and connection here? Um, I think it's very important. I mean, this is not, I wouldn't say this is a mere coincidence of an improbable event happening at the same time with a different event. I think the, the fact that he he had the intention of connecting, I think adds a whole new layer to the experience. Yeah. And it's not something that is going to mean that much to outsiders. I mean, you and I are interested in these things. So we might say, yeah, it's a pretty fascinating story, but to him, it's, it's even more meaningful um, to an outside observer who you know, maybe their belief system does not does not really include anything uh, along the lines of the importance of synchronicities that might appear just a mere coincidence without a lot of meaning. Uh, but to a person who is in it, um, this is, this can be extremely powerful. 
Uh, it's, that, that's so important when we talk about probabilities, the difference between the perception of probability in the person experiencing it and the perception of probability to an outsider. The range of, of perceptions of the outsider would be much wider, as you're indicating. I mean, some people like me say, hey, Frank, maybe you got something here. I mean, maybe, yeah. this, does, maybe this does say there's something about intention. Maybe it's not just correlation, but it's like something like explanation or even causation. It supports the general idea that intention has a lot to do with making stuff happen. Or somebody else might say, kind of like what you said, is like, oh, it's just something that happened. So there's a range from the outside, but the inside person is more likely to make the probability lower than we on the outside might view it to be. Yes. But I think be beyond any discussion of probabilities or even how did that happen, from my point of view, and I'm not speaking as a statistician, I'm, I'm speaking as a person who who's had a lot of my own synchronicities and coincidences and is fairly interested in these things, I think the most important question is, what does that do to the person? Uh. What, what does that mean to him? And what is he going to do with that synchronicity? I, I, think, I think that's the most important question. And obviously, that's a question for the experiencer themselves. Well, that's, that's, that's the psychologist in you doing that one. Um, how does it transform the person? And what I, what it did for me, if I were Frank, but I'm not, but if I were, it would mean, am I making steps closer to contacting the disembodied mind of Carl Jung? Mm -hmm. Um, I, um, and, and the reason I say the personal significance is the most important thing is that, you know, we, we cannot, we cannot really say is he connecting to the disembodied spirit of Carl Jung or is something else happening that is not empirically speaking? That is not something that we could specifically verify, but we do know that this is a confirmatory event yeah, on his yeah. quest to further pursue and study Carl Jung. Yes, yes, we do know that. And given that he believes experiences his own past lives, Frank does, and helps other people experience what he thinks are past lives in them, that that together with this getting the photograph particularly will make him think he's on his way. And, and we, Frank and I both know another Frank who claims to be talking with the spirit of Carl Jung as well as other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so I guess this is Frank's attempt to get out into the mind of, of Jung and maybe other people as well. So this, this is that this having you talk about coincidences and synchronicity is, is really a valuable thing for our listeners because you balance both sides of the statistical. You're, so you're well trained in statistics and you are well experienced in synchronicity. And just hearing how you go back and forth between the two, I think, is very valuable because I've had three statisticians on the show and, and they're all statisticians purely. Nobody mm -hmm. is like you where you you go between both of them so mm -hmm. what we got we have another minute left in this segment how do you balance the to those two together um i think in terms of balancing perspectives i think in both life and certainly in science uh you have to be analytical and reasonable and try to examine the evidence but at the same time i do know from my personal experience that there is there is more that we could see and we can measure. So to me, really, it's 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 not a dichotomy. These are these things are not they're not in conflict. It's it's just different ways of looking at things, different perspectives. And in certain situations, one is more applicable than the other. And we'll stop right there with this segment. Uh, our guest today is Marietta. Pelivanova, who is a junior researcher at the Division of Perceptual Studies here at University of Virginia.
It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome, welcome back to CC with VV. We're talking with Marietta Pelavanova, and we're getting into the the wonderful balance or contradiction or synthesis of probability and personal experience with synchronicity, as you were saying, Marietta. So, um, as I was saying, um, when something, when a seeming coincidence happens, statisticians uh, can get into various calculations of probabilities. Uh, if data is available, we could come up with a relatively precise estimate in certain cases of what what is the probability of a certain coincidence happening. And it may be the case that this coincidence is extremely, extremely unlikely. Um, however, if even very unlikely events, given enough time, could happen by chance. Given so that, enough time. I, that given enough time is a crucial part of it. Go ahead. So th that that could be explained by probability alone. However, what differentiates that from a synchronicity is the meaning it has to the person and sometimes the emotional content. It could be um, while it's happening, there's this immediate recognition of, wow, this is a very significant uh, coincidence that's happening right now and sometimes it could even happen as a response to a question you've asked or some decision you have to make like in the case of Frank that that occurrence happened after he had expressed the intention of connecting with Carl Jung so I think it's the personal significance and the meaning for this particular person possibly for no one else in the world that makes it a meaningful event. And that's why in my, in my personal dealings with these things, I, again, I do have the statistics and probability training, but I really don't think that that's the most relevant thing. Yeah, it, you know, a synchronicity can seem more meaningful if the coincidence was extremely unlikely, but that's not the thing that makes it a synchronicity. It's it's the meaning it has to the person and the impact. All right. I, I love gathering these definitions, different definitions of synchronicity and as well as coincidence here. And for you, a coincidence becomes a synchronicity when it has a high level of personal meaning. Yes. And that is very subjective for the person because the same uh, quote unquote coincidence could happen for a different person and it has no meaning for them. Yes. It has no impact, 
Um, and that that happens a lot because yeah. you know how you perceive these things also depends on your belief system. Uh, whether are... whether you perceive them also depends on your yeah. belief system. Because I yeah. had plenty of people mm -hmm. tell me stories, and I'd say, "Well, that was a coincidence." And oh yeah, was that? I mean, they didn't even think about it. Yes. So it's it's whether you see them or not. And my my job in this life is to make people more aware of seeing them, mm -hmm. and that's that's what I'm doing. And then after you see them, your belief system. Uh, creates meaning for you or influences how you how you the meaning for you yes and this brings me back to my earlier point that uh for me the most important thing surrounding synchronicities is what what does it mean to you mm -hmm. um not, I, I not so that... much what does it mean to other people or what does it mean about low probability events I think the most relevant question is what do you, what does it mean to you and what do you make of that? Well, I want to see if I can get you into this low probability question because it looks like uh, a, like a razor that you can go either way with. Um, but see what you think about it because as you mentioned, uh, statistics can allow for low probability events given enough time. I think it's a line that maybe we'll get back to. Uh, if it, if an event happens, statisticians like to say it had to happen because something had to happen. So it happened. Well, if it happened, it would, if it didn't happen, you wouldn't have even the opportunity for a coincidence or a synchronicity. So you have to be able to say it happened. Whether it's a low probability event or not is my question. When it is a low probability event, that seems to me not just a statistical thing that statistics can say has to happen because it did happen, but it indicates the possibility that there is an explanation lurking underneath that experience. There's a way of understanding reality a little better because Frank got that picture from his colleague. Um, yes. Tentative yes. Go ahead. Um, I mean, it is, it, it could certainly... It certainly can uh, create more questions, like where where is this coming from? Um, who is who is causing that? But um, again, and these these are fascinating questions. I just think they're le less answerable than what is the impact oh, yeah. to you. They are definitely less they, answerable. Yes. Uh, I don't necessarily know if these are questions that could be uh, answered empirically, but they're they're certainly fascinating questions. The the way you get to doing empirical uh, evaluations is to ask the question first. Yes, um, and I, it it is a fascinating question because even when I was in school studying statistics many years ago. Um, I was fascinated by the dichotomy of I believe, you know, I believe in randomness in the world and there's very precise uh, probabilistic distributions that describe human processes very well. Uh -huh. uh, and within each of this, these processes, there is some, there's a lot of randomness. So we know the process is going to follow a certain distribution. So for yeah. example, a big one is uh, height following a normal distribution. Yeah. But yet within that, we cannot predict who's going to be on the high end, who's going to be on the low end. Uh, and same with diseases. Um, we know that certain diseases have you know, certain statistics of occurrence within a population. Uh, however, when it happens to a specific person, we could say, yes, you know, that's expected to happen based on the distribution of this disease. But it's also fascinating that it happened to this particular person and it right. changed their entire life. Right. And it's, it's, it's really not, it's a question that's fascinated me, but I certainly do not have an answer for it. And all these years later, I am still at the point where I can 
notice this dichotomy and still say, well, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm, and, and, I'm, in, I'm in this curious place where I take these events that are low probability and wonder if I can collect enough of them. And am I pointing to some possible explanations? How, how do you think you could go from the collection of events to an explanation? A simple, simple one is the, the coincidences that you are studying, um, the, the past life uh, studies that you're part of, even the, the telepathy uh, studies that you may be involved with, start off as looking like coincidences. If somebody thinks something and somebody else uh, is thinking the same thing, we begin to call that telepathy. And that starts off as a coincidence, but then we start speculating about how that might happen. So we come up with the word telepathy to say to describe it, and then we try to understand how telepathy works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think what these would be examples of different types of coincidences. And yes. even in those cases, we are, I mean, adopts, we are... Um, Collecting data on uh, purported past life memories of children. Yeah. And sometimes are able to verify some of the statements they're making about the life of a deceased person. Yeah. So we have a large collection of these cases, yet we're still, as far as an explanation of how and why this is happening, we're, it's it's still a mystery. It's still a mystery, but... but you're collecting the data, and it's a mystery that looks like it should have an explanation, even though we don't have it yet. Yes. Yes, and we we certainly have cases that are compelling enough that it, it would seem almost impossible to get such a match between the statements of the child and the deceased person merely yeah. by chance. Yeah, it's, it, you can't just call that just a coincidence. There's something else going on, and the and the two explanations around we have for that are are that there is a that there is uh, a, a, a sense of self that gets conveyed from one generation to the next, or also the, or or there are pockets of minds up in a kind of mental atmosphere to which the child is tuning into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. These become these become uh, very speculative, but we're coming to the end of this segment, and 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 to me, the low probability events like these, like the child re reporting something like this, do point to another question, one that we can't answer, that our minds are not developed enough, our science is not developed enough, but still, you you got to wonder how it happens. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, Amen. 
It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back to CC with BB. My guest today is Marietta Pelovanova, and we are talking about statistics and coincidences and synchronicity. And Marietta, please tell us one of your major coincidences in your life. So a big, um, and again, I call it more of a synchronicity because yes. it has tre tremendous impact Um was how I connected with the Division of Perceptual Studies. So I'm going to start way back. Um, so many years ago, I had decided that I want to get involved in parapsychology. I was very, I've always been fascinated with these things. And I also wanted to study these phenomena from a scientific perspective. And that was one of the main reasons that I wanted to go to grad school. Um, so back in 2015, um, at the time I was about a year away, or I thought I was a year away from finishing my PhD, and at the same time I was starting to think about um, how could I get involved in this work, and uh, for your listeners who don't know, there are very, very few professional opportunities for that kind of work, especially in the United States. Yep. So I had started this Google document with uh, just listing a few places for said jobs and the Division of Perceptual Studies what was one of these places. Around the same time, I was planning on doing a program at the Monroe Institute, which is um, an institute for gathering your own experiences and altered consciousness. It's around... Charlottesville. It's, I think it's about 30 miles from Charlottesville. And I had been coming here for many years, anytime I got a chance, uh, basically since 2010. So in 2015, I had decided early in the year that I would attend one program at the Institute. And they have different programs centered around different topics. So around February or March of that year, I looked at their program for the year and just purely based on intuition, I picked a particular program in August to attend. And now your, was, your, your intuition in this is so vital as part of your story. Yes. So. And, and, and I have learned over the years to just, just go with it and trust it. Um, and in this case, you'll see why. Yeah. So I, I just I was just drawn to this program in August and signed up right away. Um, and so 
shortly thereafter, I started getting this intuition started getting a little bit more specific. And I just I just felt like I needed to be at the Monroe Institute for that particular program because I was going to meet someone who was going to be important on my life path. Could you tell us what your experience of that intuition was in a little more detail? Um, it was, I, I can't say that it had any like physiological correlates or anything. It was just yeah. a sense of, of just knowing. A sense and, of just knowing, okay. Yeah, and the closer I got to the program, the stronger it got. And I had actually uh, written that up in my journal early on and had even told some of my friends, I am going to the Monroe Institute because I have to meet someone very important. And one of the two possibilities that I that had come to me through knowing was that I was going to meet someone who was going to be related to this parapsychology work that I want to be involved in. So anyway, fast forward to August. By that point, I, you know, I'm right about to go to that program. And on my way back, I'd taken the train and bus from Philadelphia down to Charlottesville. And I just had this, just, just this, this knowingness that I'm going there and I'm going to meet someone important. It was very, very strong by that point. So I ended up meeting you, you in these programs, you meet the other participants and the trainers the first night. And it was a group about 17 people. And I, you know, I met them and I got to know them over the next couple of days. And I was having a great time, but I didn't feel like I had met this person that I was supposed to meet. Um, and then midway through the program, one of the trainers said, this this evening we have um, we have a visiting professor from the University of Virginia who is going to uh, give us a presentation. And immediately in that moment, uh, I knew, okay, this is this is the person I'm supposed to be uh, meeting. And of course, I knew I met uh, Dr. Ross Dunseith, who is the um, Dops's lab director. Uh, I apologize, the engineer of the lab. Yeah, and, uh, before you before you go about Rob, about about Ross. him, Ross, who I know quite well, the. Your intuition, when I, I as I listen to it, and, I, and our listeners are, are probably listening the same way, is almost like a, a companion of yours. It's a, like it's like a real life pal that is sitting there uh, telling you yes, in louder and louder terms. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. Like um, if you're blindfolded and somebody's saying you're getting warmer and warmer, trying to find something that you you're supposed to be looking for. It, it's so much a part of you that I don't think. You realize how that unlike how uh, I think relatively rare maybe it is out there. I, in the world. I wish I could say I had that kind of intuition about everything, but that is not the case. I mean, this this occurrence was so big, and and what and what how I ended up coming here and working in DOPS. It was a huge part of my life path. So I think I think my intuition was particularly strong on that, but I don't. I don't have that same level of intuition for other things. How did you know to trust this if it, you don't have the same level with other things? Because I had had other occurrences earlier in my life where I I trusted my intuition and it, it, I saw that it led me to something right and good. And I, I really think it's, it, it's like a muscle. Yeah. Um, the more you trust it, i.e., the more you work the muscle, the stronger it gets, and it works for you. And part of the part of the trouble with a muscle analogy doesn't work so well is sometimes some intuitions are not right for you. So you have to make a distinction between the ones that you want to exercise and make it stronger, and ones that are a little bit like going to lead you down the wrong path. Yes, I, I think. And again, that that's a very personal question um, yes. because intuition can also come in in different modalities for different people. For me, it was that sense of knowingness, and sometimes it's been more of a gut reaction. And for other people, it may be auditory. 
or visual. Um, so it is a matter of the person exploring their own intuition and going with it and seeing where it takes them. Very good. And, and that that comes in in different channels. For you, it was a sense of knowing. Yes. Okay. And that and other people, as you say, gut, it can be visual, it can be auditory. Yes. These are very important because I, I, I try to, in these programs, try to find when people are talking about intuition to, to talk about it the way we're talking about it to help our audience be more confident that they have information accessible to them if they are able to tune into it and then exercise it the way you just have described your doing. Yes. So please continue. Um, you met Ross. So, so as I was saying, the, the trainer said we have this visitor from DOPS and I immediately in that moment again knew okay this is the person I was supposed to meet and I started fretting about how am I going to talk to him <laughs> how is it going to happen and then I told I, I realized okay you've made it that far it's going to happen don't worry about it so th the way things unfolded was that we were there's the communal dining room and we had dinner and lunch there before act activities and I was actually late for dinner and showed up and there was only one table of people still <laughs> eating. And sure enough, Ross yeah. was at the table. There was one MTC next to him. So I immediately sat down. Um, I'm, I'm laughing because I, I wanted to hear another story like that. It was a guy that showed up at the last seat at a wedding and sat next to a guy who offered him a job. So it's the same kind of story. It's really yes. good. Go ahead. Yes. Um, <laughs> And so at that point, I started talking to Ross and I was thinking, do I ask him? Do I not ask him? And then I decided, oh, well, I might as well. And I asked him, do you have any openings for postdoctoral positions? Because I'm about to finish my Ph.D. and I'm extremely interested in in Dobbs's work. And Ross said, it's funny you should say that because we've been we've been looking for funding for such a position either for next year or two years from now. And I thought, OK, great. This is a this is a great beginning. And I actually did not expect him to say that because I had been looking at their website and there was nothing on the website that suggested they're looking for a postdoc or anything like that. So I thought, mm, this is amazing. So then we, you know, we continued talking and Ross was interested in what I was studying in grad school and I was interested in what they were doing. And I, I kind of even lost track of my agenda. I was just really enjoying the conversation. And then Ross asked me a question that was, that, that was another extremely coincidental and synchronistic and transcendental moment. Well, but maybe hold, I could let, get. Let, let's hold yeah. on to that for that for our next segment because this is a great story and it, it reminds me of when I was chairman of psychiatry and needed to have people fill jobs. They just showed up, and that's the other side of this story. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and our guest today is Marietta Pavlonova. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzulli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the national security state. All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through Trinday.com or Amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. Welcome back to CC with BB. My guest is Marietta Pelavanova, and we are talking about a major coincidence in her life, a synchronicity that was very meaningful to her. And you were sitting there talking with Ross at TMI, the Monroe Institute, and uh, he said something. What was that? So he said, and do you know statistics? <laughs> and by that point, we had been talking about my training in experimental psychology, and I was getting a PhD in experimental psychology, and he had no idea about my background in statistics. Like I said, I, I had a bachelor's degree in statistics, and after my undergrad degree, I worked as a biostatistician in medicine for a while, and then I trans transitioned to experimental psychology and cognitive neuroscience. So when he asked that question, it, it was, again, it created this very transcendent experience for me. I, I am sure it only took me a few seconds to respond, but it really felt like time just, that I was in this time vortex and I could experience a very um, and it's really hard to describe in words, but I felt like I was in this eternal moment where time got stretched out and I could see in that moment, not visually, but I could understand, I did understand how this was, this was the person I was supposed to meet. And this was the, the gift that I was supposed to receive for listening to my intuition and making it to this program. And in that moment, I also knew beyond doubt that everything that I had done in my life so far and all these different things that I had pursued were leading me to that moment so that I could have this conversation and make this connection. And it, it, it also felt like there was no other person on earth who could be in my shoes at this moment. This was the subjective experience on my side and again we could we could get into probabilities of how likely is it that I, I would have made it to this specific program and that Ross would have been there but really it doesn't matter what matters is that I knew the impact it had on me and my further career development and so um, it only took me a few seconds to respond and I said yes I I do know statistics and I told him about my background and at that point Ross was extremely excited <laughs> and he was saying we should put you in touch with our director and basically he did he he took my contact information and I think that was Wednesday night and on Monday he had already put me in touch with Dr. Ed Kelly who is the the director of the lab portion of DOPS and Another very interesting element is that in that Google Doc I had um, for jobs in parapsychology and consciousness, I had listed Ed Kelly as my person to contact within DOPS, not Dr. Jim Tucker, who was actually the director of the whole operation. So I thought that was that was a very interesting, another interesting coincidence. And... Mm -hmm. So the following week, I had already connected with uh, Dr. Ed Kelly, 
they invited me down to visit uh, at the end of 2015. I came down to Charlottesville to visit Dops and then kept in touch with them. Um, I, I could go on with this story. I mean, there's so many there's so many coincidences around how they were able to bring me on board. Well, let's let's. I think the major one is do you know statistics? But along with that is that I I love it that the only chair open was there. I I think of a lot of this as a dance. What goes on with us, especially when we're tuned into a flow kind of place, it just things move. You were late. There was one seat left at the one yes. table, and that's right next to Russ. I like that one because it's dance like. But with the what it makes me also wonder about. Uh, thinking about how to explain it because I, I go for explanations even though they're not there. One, one of the statisticians I had in the program said that trying to figure out explanations for these events is bad for your mental health. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would agree with that. But, but again, I also, I also don't think it's the most relevant question because no, no, no probabilities that anyone could come up with uh, to try to tell me, yeah, well, it was not that unlikely. It, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter because to me it was, it was, it was a huge transcendental and transformational moment. Um, I, I do understand that, but I'm interested in information transfer. I mean, we, we get the internet, which wasn't around 30 years ago, uh, ways of getting information in, uh, in ways that we never thought were possible. And so quickly there you were getting information, Marietta. That's you were receiving information somehow. Sure, but I cannot say where the information came from. No, you you can't say, and I'm not even asking you to right. talk about that with me because your belief system does not include having to do this sort of exercise. Mine does, mm -hmm. so I, I try to go for it. I'm not trying to get you to do it, but I will. I will talk about psi-mediated instrumental responses. Uh, the idea that psi helps our behavior in ways that we're not quite sure of to get to things to happen that we need to have happen. And to me, you were getting information in, from somewhere, somehow, that was really verified by each of the things you described, including our being able to talk on this show. So I mm -hmm. wonder about how that happens. And in parapsychology, the closest that came was psi-mediated instrumental responses, Rex Stanford's work. I call it human GPS, getting mm -hmm. to where you need to be. That's funny. Why is that, why is that funny? It's funny. It's funny in a great way. I like the human GPS it's a, it's a little easier to yeah. it's a little easier than PMIR. It's the it, which is and, and in a way, this is what happened in my case because yes. it got me to be where I needed to be so I can make this connection. Yeah, yeah, that that. So uh, if we call it a name like Human GPS, and we know that there are at least three satellites out there helping us find our way in our cars to where we need to be, that's a metaphor to me about how you got to sit next to Ross. There's something out there that you tuned into that triangulated you inf information-wise to get to be sitting right next to him. Right. And, and I also like this um, metaphor because there are people who are willing to listen to the GPS and there are people who are not so willing or on a particular destination, they may not be interested in using GPS. Right. So it goes back to this idea of the individual person and how they use it and whether they find it helpful, whether they can even hear it. I, yeah. I think there, there's vast differences between people in these things. Oh, yeah. Now, we're, we're coming to the end, but let's talk about belief systems, as you're starting to talk about, and how they influence people's behavior in, in this regard. Um, I think, as I said before, the, your, your belief system is, is going to determine or at least influence whether you perceive these coincidences and what you make of them. Now, I think at, at one extreme, there's a belief system that says, no coincidence is ever meaningful. <laughs> and I, I, you know, personally, I made it clear that that's, you know, that's not my personal belief system. 
And at the other end, though, you have the belief system of every coincidence is meaningful. Yep. And then, I, you know, I've also met people like that who everything that seems remotely coincidental is full of meaning for them. Um, so I do, I do think it's a continuum. And where you stand on this continuum also interact with the things that happen to produce the effect for you. So I don't think it's purely the belief system that d determines what happens. But like most complex human traits, I think that is also a combination of factors. And your belief system influences what you make of the coincidence. Yes. Yes. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting question if, if we could quantify that. Um, I certainly have encountered a lot of people, especially at various spiritual retreats, who, who really look into every small seeming coincidence that happens. Um, I don't, I, I also think this is a little bit of an extreme position. Yes, like it is. The, the other end of the spectrum, but yeah. again, it's, it's, it's a personal matter for the person to decide on. Well, when my answer to that question is uh, practicality, it's like, what's the cash value of paying attention to which coincidences? How do you pick yes. ones to pay attention to? Uh, some of them are just like a lot of fun and some yeah. of them are like you're on the right path. It's easy. Yes. And some mm -hmm. of them are like, what? Like yours. Yes. Uh, and so, so which ones do you pay attention to? I think you, you, some people get overwhelmed by coincidences. Yeah. And, and I get I like some of them, some of them contact me trying to like figure out how to do what am I going to do with all these coincidences? So it does it does vary so much uh, among people about what what they do with them and even how many hap seem to happen to them. Mm -hmm. Well, we're coming we're coming to the end of this show, Marietta. This it's been a it's been a it's been a long time coming, but it, you're delightful to speak with, and I'm so glad that you we finally thank you. Touched. You're welcome. We I am too. Very Thank glad you, you got Bernie. Junk. You're welcome. You've been listening to the X Zone. Uh, you are listening to Co Co Connected with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net.
You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.